Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening to Honey and Hustle. We are a visual podcast that features conversations with small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and those in the nonprofit community. We're so glad that we started sharing our podcast here on Anchor FM. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you're listening to this right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Thank you to Blackology Coffee Company for sponsoring this video. Take 10% off your next order at Blackology Coffee Company by using the link at the description, www.blackologycoffeecompany.com backslash Angela. Hey everybody, my name is Angela. I'm your host and producer here at Honey and Hustle. And today I'm joined all the way from Pennsylvania from Eric Ozenek. He's a leadership keynote speaker and a former pro soccer player um, Eric, thank you so much for joining me here today. Angela, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what are some lessons in leadership that you learned throughout your career as a pro soccer player that have translated well to the career that you have now? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. You know, I, I think one of the things that, that instantly comes to mind um, when I look at my, my soccer career, and certainly now how it translates to, to the business world, no matter what industry you're in, is um, I think we would all agree adversity is inevitable, right? It, it's only a matter of time. It doesn't matter how gifted one is or talented they are on or off the field, uh, in the office building, in the marketplace. Um, you know, skill and acumen are important, right? You want to have the talent for sure. You want to always be honing those skills and improving your skills. But um, there's always going to be the proverbial flat tires, right? And so what my encouragement to, to everybody listening to this is you want to adopt the, the, the mindset of becoming a great adversity responder, okay? In, in the sports world, certainly in, in the soccer world, and really this is any any sport, you know, if, if you have a setback, again, whether it's an injury, a bad performance in practice, bad performance in a game, Lord knows the referee's going to make some bad calls. If you can't respond well, you're never going to last, right? Because so much of, of the business world today that I'm in, and any of you that listening to this are in, um, it comes down to emotional management, right? And so, it, so if you can become a great responder to those, you know, those uh, again hiccups or, or speed bumps, I'm telling you, you're going to set yourself apart. You know, I always encourage people to think, you know, look, it is if you include that as part of the process, um, it won't eat your lunch, right? And so, one of the job down would be that which you resist persists. I, I always love the idea that hey, you know what? Um, the, the more bad stuff that I go through. And that's just going to make me a better coach or better communicator one day. Because we would all agree, listen, I mean, it, it, soccer, sports, definitely in business, you know, government, churches, schools, whatever profession you're in, your effectiveness to help somebody else 
to me, largely comes down to your ability to relate to them, right? I think we would agree you cannot relate to them if you've never been there. But so, so if you have this this vault of flat tires, right? This vault of of, of issues and challenges and pulled hamstrings, so to speak. Uh, then when you're in a position of leadership of a coach or a mentor, you now can say with integrity, hey, I know how you feel. So to me, that, that's one of the biggest things I try to apply today. Yeah. Um, and speaking of integrity, I think that's a very big thing that in no matter what industry you're in, if you're a leader, people are looking for you to lead with integrity. They're looking for you to think not just of yourself, but of the people that your decisions affect, right? Um, so what does it mean to you to lead a business or to lead anything, just to be a leader with integrity? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit there, right, is, is the obvious ones. You know, be, be honest, right? It's, it's be, be truthful when you're filling out, whether it's a document or a presentation. I mean, even things like show up on time, be early. You know, I love the, the saying, uh, 10 minutes early is five minutes late, right? Should always be the first one there. That's that's just being a, someone of, an, of integrity. Um because everyone's reading your billboard. The question is, what is your billboard saying? Is it saying I'm sloppy, I show plate, I don't look the part, I, 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 you know, I don't stay to the end, or I'm always distracted, I'm not focused. I mean, that, that's believe it or not, that has something to do with integrity, because it's all a heart issue. Right? It's a function of the heart, right? And and so I think those are some some obvious ones, maybe. But I also think that uh, when I think about coaches that I've had and, and business leaders I've worked with. The ones that I that I'm maybe not even working with anymore now, but I still think about in my daily business diet that that impact me years later. They were never afraid to admit fault. That's an integrity issue, right? If it's never your fault, Eric, come on. Eventually, someone's going to say, "Dude, you, you're lying about that. Where else are you lying?" Right? And then the other thing too to think about is is it the best leaders. Is, is that they're never afraid to admit weaknesses. See, it's incredible to me how many people think, and, and this is where the, the paradigm shift has to happen. They think that, well, if I, you know, if, if I, again, sports, or let's talk bigger picture here, like in family life or business or work life, you know, if you can admit your weaknesses, um, again, th there's, there's over time, maybe not right away, but over time, people start to question your character, thus your integrity, and now, you know, when, it, when, when your back's up against the wall and, and a pandemic happens, or God forbid some external force comes in, uh, a weather issue, a sickness, it, when, 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 you're, when your infantry, so to speak, is looking at you to be that five-star general that they need, they're not gonna trust you, whatever you say, even if what you're saying is right, because you built up this, this idea in, in their mind well, that you're a superman or Captain America. We know that's, that's only superheroes, right? We, we know that even they have weaknesses. Right. So I think, you know, part of being a powerful leader of integrity is one that says, hey, I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be truthful, of course, but I'm not afraid to admit weaknesses. I'm not afraid to say, hey, that's my fault, guys. It's my fault. We didn't hit quota this quarter. It's my fault. Let me tell you why it's my fault. I didn't give you the tools that you needed to be positioned to win. Mm -hmm. so, that makes sense? Hope that helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in a lot of ways, you started off saying like you have to be able to lead without emotion but then when we start talking about integrity um you said it's a matter of the heart right yeah. you know what is within you to be honest to be truthful and be transparent yeah. so how do you strike that balance between yes not making decisions from an emotional standpoint 
but showing emotion, showing compassion, showing empathy, and leading with integrity. So how do you right. do that? Well, I mean, I think someone can can show emotion. Like I'm a pretty emotional guy. Like I still cry at movies. And, you know, like my 11 month old daughter, she looks at me and blinks, and I'm I'm just I just melt. You know, so I think I mean it's just part of being you you look at this way. Okay, is is to be the best relator, you got to kind of be able to relate to all different types of people. You know, business sometimes it said you know there's a shark, dolphin, whale, urchin. Right, the shark is competitive. Uh, the dolphin is just all about fun. The whale just wants to save the world and the urchin just has to know every detail, right? So these are different types of, of people, all great, all have their strengths, but also have their weaknesses. And so being able to be vulnerable with them, you know, like I'm not an urchin. So when I talk to an urchin, I'm like, listen, I don't know all the details of what you're talking about, but right, here's where we can kind of come together and work in harmony, right? So I think back to the hard question, I think everything is, is a function of the heart, meaning, um, really, you know, I, I, it's again, another cliche, but you know, I, I, I steer where I stare, right? What, what am I looking at? What am I focused on? What, what's my moral compass? Do I have one? I mean, what, um, you know, what, what keeps me between the lines, you know, what, what has me staying between or in my own swim lane? Um, because I think anytime that someone is, you know, like I, I, I you know, certainly not a, not a pastor, but I believe in God and, and and uh, I, you know, I think I never want to be accused of being that convenient Christian, right? That's just a Christian when it matters or Christian on Sundays. You, you know what I mean? Is, does that permeate every part of my life? That, that's what I mean by a heart issue. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think that that's, that's probably the, the biggest um, area because from that, everything else flows, right? And if your heart's whacked and your heart's in, in, in um, struggling, I mean, we all have struggles, but, but if your heart is always wondering, uh, where to navigate, then I think it's going to eventually uh, spill over to other areas, including business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you talked about something very interesting with your cliches, you steer where you stare. I think it's impossible to talk about business, business that's going to be successful at least without talking about vision, without yeah. talking about goals. And I think a lot of people now, what the goal, I would say, that's being marketed right now is growth. I want to grow my business, business growth, how to grow your business, how to scale your business. But growth looks different for different people, right? Yes. It's different for a solopreneur than it looks for maybe an entrepreneur, maybe a startup, maybe, you know, a mid, you know, level enterprise. It looks different for all these different facets of a business. Um, so when you talk about vision and talk about having a compass and having a direction for yeah. your business, what are some things that you would encourage leaders to think about when they are planning that vision? Right. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, the first thing is, is that, you know, no one winning today in business, to my knowledge, is doing it with the Lone Ranger approach. This is not a, even if you are a, a solopreneur and you're by yourself building your own brand and company, um, you should absolutely have, even if it's an invisible board of directors, even people that don't even know they're part of your board of directors, but you know they are, right? Who are those four or five? If I was to ask you so-and-so on, on, listen, who are your four or five people that you're consistently seeking out advice and counsel right i mean here's the encouraging part you're one idea away one one perspective one tweak one adjustment away from the explosion right whether that's in revenue which obviously we all want to make money and you know good attitudes don't pay bills we gotta gotta make money we gotta score touchdowns right but but i think sometimes it's it's just that perspective that little tweak that we need um i, I think as an entrepreneur um, whether it's in, in the tech field or any other field, 
um, you have to remind yourself that you know, you've probably come a long way. Right? It's very easy to dwell and obsess about how, how far you still have to go, but don't forget how far you've come. Right? I mean, you're in the middle of the trenches right now, probably building a business, or maybe you've grown exponentially over the years. But I think it's important to remember, hey, man, I, what you're doing now was once upon a time you thought was, was you know, pie in the sky and, you know, like space talk. Now you're doing it. So you've come a long way. And, and really, the hardest part of starting a business or growing a business is just that getting started. Right. They may say the richest place in the world is the graveyard, right? Because there's, there's, you know, cures for cancer have died, right? The greatest songs in the world that we're never going to hear have died because the musician, guy or gal, didn't have the, the gumption, the, the, the courage to pursue that. So that's the first thing I would, I would tell everybody is, is, and you're already on the way. I think in terms of, you're right, growth is, is a big, big talking point today. Um, I, 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 please don't no tune me out on this one because this is so, so important. Um, you, you absolutely must maintain a perpetual state of, of, of learning. Right? Here it is. When the leader stops learning, the leader should stop leading. Okay. And, and, and really, I mean, you know, look, these are real books, by the way. Someone, someone asked me if this is like a screensaver, but you know, like I, I haven't read everything in here, but, but there's, but it's, but having, you know, having a book a month. I mean, what if you read 10 pages every day of a great book? That, that's a book a month. It's 12 books a year. You can't tell me that you're not going to be a better person, more kinder, uh, more empathetic. Empathy, I think, is a, is a key factor that's stopping people's growth. Um, uh, you know, that, again, a relationship builder. We know that collaboration is the new king right now. We, we know that it's absolutely essential. Um, so I think that's one of them, too. I, I think, um, you know, if, if this is not as applicable if, you, if you're just by yourself, but if you, um, but again, this could be still pulled in if you, if you have that little, you know, board of directors. But I think one of them that, that's key that I see right now in my, in my day-to-day is, um, you know, having a, um, a safe environment. Right? And, and I don't mean like physical security. I'm, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about like, like safe environment to where, you know, ideas can be tossed out there and, and put in the, the, the blender um, for discussion, right? And, and I think if, if there's ever a time when you as a leader, you, you by title, anyone can say they're a leader, but if, but if you are the highest person on the food chain and you're the only one talking about ideas on a weekly basis, that there's major problems, right? Because that, what that means is, is your soldiers, so to speak, your rainmakers um, are now, for whatever reason, right or wrong, they feel suppressed to even bring new ideas to the table. And that's a painful work environment because here's what happens. Now the chatter behind the scenes starts, now a little group start, now toxicity sets in, now you have a cancerous work environment that is never going to flourish. You know, and when you look at any type of company, uh, any sports team, any government, any church that's not doing well, a lot of it's that. It's because people walk into that said building and they are scared to pieces that they're going to be exposed or made fun of or mocked or every time they bring up an idea, it's always shut down or not, never even addressed, never even acknowledged, right? So I think that's... I know that sounds kind of weird because, you know, normally when people say, hey, how do you grow a company? It's all about, you know, refinement of the widget, you know, or adjusting the pricing model or better marketing or better collateral or more webinars. I mean, all that stuff, all that stuff is important, right? 
but if if this piece over here of safety and comfort and and, and where ideas can can really flow uh isn't is not alive this doesn't matter because i've seen companies I, I i know of companies right now that have all of this they have the best of the best and they are not doing well <laughs> to say the least um their q2 their q3 i mean they i think they're even done blaming on the on the pandemic because if look here here it is i'll end with this if you look at the companies that didn't just make it through the pandemic and i know it's still going on but that are still uh, that are thriving right now right some of them did not have the best widget to sell. They did not. They had a group of, of people, three, four people, a big organization, a big whatever, that all believed in the mission. They all believed in the purpose. They never felt weird about bringing an idea to the table because they, they, they were in a situation where they could bring an idea to the, to the boardroom, so to speak, or on a Zoom call. And someone would say, hey, you know what, Jim, that's a great idea, but why don't we add Susie's idea to that? And now we have, now we have the perfect storm. So, hope that helps. Yeah, no, yeah, it did. Um, and I think like we haven't really touched on this a lot on the show, so I'm glad that you brought that up, which is like, how can you empower the people that you work with? Even if you're a solopreneur, like when you're seeking people's advice, make sure you're seeking it with an open mind and an open heart. Yeah. yeah. And if you're working with even just part-time different people, or you're growing a business and you have some full-time employees that are with you, yes, like bring them into the mission, bring them into the business and make them feel as if they have agency. And not just make them feel, but truly empower them to have agency within their specialty and within your company and within your business and within your goals. So that, you know what I'm saying? Like when they, they, when they can start to think that way, then that's when the new ideas start coming and they start adding to ideas maybe you already had. Yeah. Maybe they're close to it or they have experience with it, you don't. So, I mean, it's about like making all these puzzle pieces fit um, and really aligning with, you know, like why you brought them onto the company to begin with, right? Um, Because a lot of ways, like, for a small business owner, for an entrepreneur, uh, for a nonprofit founder, even you're not bringing them in to be a cog in a wheel, right? You're bringing them in on some level to work with a very high level of autonomy, right? Sure. And you don't want them to feel as though they need to ask you for everything. Because I think too, like if you have this feedback loop where you're the only one that decisions pass through, and you're very in your gatekeeping that decision making process, that's gonna you're making it harder on yourself, honestly, because you're right. stamping the work that you can complete as well. Right. Um, so that's very interesting to talk about. But yeah, absolutely. So that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I would just I would just add to that, um, if it's okay. You know, I think when you're when you're building a company, and again, folks, this is applicable whether you're in startup mode whether you maybe you're raising seed money or you know you're opening up your 14th location and you know you're eclipsing you know 80 million dollars right um is 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 most companies most businesses out there it, it's really a function of you're, you're trying to solve a problem right i mean now I'm, I'm in the tech space and so we're always solving problems and, and, but everybody everything out there is designed to solve a problem to some level. And so if I'm going to solve problems with you as, a, as one of your teammates, um, I need to know who you are. I mean, I know that's old school here and it's like, I probably just lost some of you, but come back. It, it, it's, it's amazing to me how many times we, we try to go to battle with, 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 with our team and, and, and crush it. And we say all these things like, we're going to smash this year's goals and we're going to make more revenue and scale and grow and, and bring on angel investors and all this. We, we say all these things, but then we forget 
we, we don't even know the person next to me. You're wearing the same jersey. Yeah, I've never been out for a cup of coffee. I've never grabbed a beer with them. I've never been out to lunch with the whole office. I, that's, that's bizarre. So how can I, the question is, is how can I legitimately solve a problem with, with, with you if I don't know who you are? I think it's great. I think to me that that is as clutch because the better I know who you are, the better I can, we, we can all help each other define our roles, right? Jim Collins 101, get the right people on the bus and then sort out the seating assignments. Mm -hmm. Certain people that, that you want to get on the bus, but then, okay, now we're on the bus, we're all standing up. Mm -hmm. Bus driver saying, sit down. Well, where do I sit? And it's based on on what you bring to the table, which can only be discovered is, is, is after I get to know you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that analogy too, um, because it, it has to be kind of both. It has to be one, people that you get along with and work well with, but also yep. people who are competent and capable to do the work, right? Sure. It can be sure. just balance, you know what I mean? That's um, right. And that's also just a high level of discernment. I'm just going to say it because like for somebody like me who hasn't been in the corporate world for very long at all, or wasn't in the corporate world for very long, it's like, there's some experience I don't have. Like I've never hired anybody before now, before working for myself. So it's also like seeking um, wisdom and seeking advice from people who have yeah. been there before right and knowing when to ask for help and so that was right. definitely one area of help that i needed right. I just, yeah. right. uh, so those are the end of the questions that i have for you but as promised i have some bonus questions for you please <laughs> thoughts our twitter communities if you're not following us on twitter do that now we are at honey and hustle on twitter um and we have two questions from our followers and the first one is what's one pitfall that new business leaders encounter and is there any way to avoid it Hmm. One pitfall that new business leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I think, um, well, there's, there's probably many, but one of them that's, that pops out right away is that they try to do it all themselves, right? I mean, it, it, it almost becomes, it, it's interesting because when you ask most business owners, it, you, it, I used to be this way when I had a little soccer company that I owned in Charlotte, North Carolina, I, I, I tried to wear 12 hats and man, if I could go back knowing what I know now, or if I could go back then, knowing what I know now, oh my goodness, I, I would have empowered people, not barked at people, but empowered people to do stuff that I thought I could do great, but I was not very good. You know, whether it's marketing or, you know, any kind of digital media or social media, that is not my gig, right? But I tried to do everything really, really well and nothing really got done exceptionally well, mm -hmm. right? So again, it's that magnifying glass concept, right? If you, if you move it around too much, nothing really ever burns, right? So what is the one thing or two things that you as a leader know without a shadow of a doubt that, that really no one can probably do better than you? That's not being arrogant. That, that's just saying, okay, here, here's the thing that I know that I can do better than anybody else, period. Okay, all right. Now, remember I said one or maybe two things, not 12. And then, and then what are the other... It's really about a half a dozen things, probably. What, what's number three, four, five, and six? Who can I empower, right, to, to, to maybe to, to have them do? Remember, asking them to be, get involved is not bugging them. It's actually elevating their importance, right? So, so by asking, you know, Mary or Tom or whoever it is, hey, can, I, need, I would love you to be a part of the team. Here's why. I've noticed that you have this skill set that I don't have anywhere near as, you, as good as you do. And oh my goodness, would it help the company vision grow? Here's what the vision is, by the way. You know, here's how many more people we can impact. But I, but I really need, oh really, Eric? That's not that big of a deal. I know not to you, but to me it is, right? So I think it's empowering other people and trying, trying not to do everything on your own. Mm -hmm.
I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, as for creatives watching this, I think some of them maybe feel a little hit right now because we're yep. so used to being, you know, freelancers or solopreneurs, yep. yep. you know, not necessarily working in a team. And that team aspect, like you said, it can look different. It could look like that invisible board of directors. It could look like just collaborating with people on a regular basis and not necessarily losing that autonomy of being a freelancer or a solo career. Um, so it looks different for everybody, but again, like it's the acknowledgement. You can't do it for yourself. Not right. well, at least, you know. That's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so thank you. Um, second one is, uh, what's your perspective or openness to change? Uh, well, I mean, it's holy cow that it, 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 I, I'm very open to it. And I think everyone is forced to learn how to be open to change based on the last 12 to 18 months. I mean, we don't need to go through the, uh, the re revamp or the, you know, the, the, uh, you know, review of what's transpired. I mean, this has been, you know, epic, like historical proportions. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's right. Holy cow. I mean, what, what's fascinating about this is that you know, anytime there is external change, right? Again, pandemic, governmental stuff, marketplace things happening that that are really, I mean, are, are just massive proportions. It, it causes us to, to we, we have to change. And I think what's cool about that is that we learn, hey, you know what, change is actually pretty good, right? Now, I, I don't want to change too often, then I end up right where I started, right? But but you have to be open to change. I think you have to be open to consideration of change is what I would encourage the, the question, the person that asked that question to to um, to kind of include. Um, you know, I, I love the, uh, we talked about this, you and I did Angela earlier, but I, one of the one of the illustrations or pictures I have in my mind, because I, I love barbecue chicken, right? And <laughs> and I, I love it. And when you put, you know, the one way to make barbecue chicken, you have to, at least here, is you put it into a, a crock pot. And it takes hours, right? Now, the, the other, people don't have that. People don't have the, the crock pot mentality, right? They have the microwave mentality, right? They put it in there for five seconds and God forbid, it's not a filet mignon, right? <laughs> and so I would, ch changing our mentality of, if I change too quick and I change too much, I never gave I never gave that thing a chance to really produce or reveal itself. So having the, the crock pot mentality is one of, it's, it's applicable for goals. It's applicable to letting people, you know, uh, really show their worth. But it's also applicable to giving giving an idea or a concept, a strategy, a chance to really grow. Now, um, I, I think you know at some point you have to say, okay, this is not working. We got to make a pivot here. Uh, but I also think that that entrepreneurs, uh, me included, uh, are, are guilty of of moving things too fast. Never, nothing ever gets a chance to. You know, we're always about change, 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 change. And it's like, man, you know, nine changes ago was the way to do it. We just, we only gave it four minutes, right? So yeah. hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, it does. Thank you so, so much for answering my questions, answering questions yeah. from Twitter and just joining me this morning. Um, it's a little early, but I think we pulled it out. I think we did. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you again so, so much, Eric. Yeah, it's been an honor. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you.